powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hey, thank you. Sit down. Thank you, please. Everybody sit down, please. Welcome, everyone, to another fantastic episode of The Derek Duvall Show. That's right. I am Derek. This is another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. We have a great episode for you today. But before we get started, those who listened to the last episode will remember that I got to see the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. And folks, let me tell you, (laughs) man, it was amazing. And I'm not talking like I won $5 of a scratch-off at a gas station amazing. I'm talking like this was on another whole level incredible. I won't spoil it for you, but if you haven't had the chance to check it out yet, don't waste any time and get on to Disney Plus as soon as you're done with this episode. You won't regret it. So welcome to episode 63. That's right, we have a really special one for you today, folks. As the more perceptive of you have probably realized by now for the last three years... The Derek Duvall Show is hosted of the premier podcast platform, Transistor FM. It's the tagline to our introduction, and as you will hear, I am a huge fan. So in the spirit of that, I asked the co-creator of Transistor FM, Justin Jackson, to come on the show and discuss the history of the platform, answer a ton of your fan questions, and gave us some updates for the future. So let's not waste any more time. Duval Nation, rise to your feet and welcome to the show, calling in from the great country of Canada, the co-creator of the premier podcast platform, Transistor FM, Justin Jackson. <laughs> Justin, welcome to the show. How's your day going so far? Thanks. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, my day so far has been strangely busy. I, I normally don't have a lot of calls, but this is like my third call today. So an unusual day. I start my interviews off the same way, and that is the question, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Oh, yeah. I mean, in so many ways, I've been fortunate. Uh, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, my business partner, John, and I, we were fully prepared for our business to take a hit. We had some friends that were that their business did take a hit and we were just some of the lucky ones. Podcasting mm-hmm. uh, did fairly well through the whole pandemic. So yeah, I, I feel really fortunate. The biggest thing was that as as business partners, we weren't we hadn't been able to do a meetup. I'm I'm in Canada and he's in in the US in Chicago. And so we finally made that happen. It it had been something like two years, eight oh. months since the last time we saw each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was so great to meet up again. And, uh, but yeah, overall I'd say we've, you know, we've been, we've been lucky. Every journey has a beginning. Where are you from and where did you go to school? So I grew up in a little farm town in Alberta, Canada called Stony Plain. 
yeah, went to elementary there and then high school, graduated in the late 90s and then went to the big city that's close to Stony Plain is Edmonton, went to college and university there for business management. So I have my degree in business management, got that, I think, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's most of my life was spent in Alberta until uh, 2012, we moved to British Columbia nice. and I've lived here ever since. I visited British Columbia when I was in the Navy. I went to Victoria, absolutely beautiful area. We were either going to choose the island, Vancouver Island, where Victoria is, or uh, where we ended up, the Okanagan Valley, which is in the interior of British Columbia. And we're in a, a little ski town called Vernon. Uh, I think there's like, I don't know, maybe 30, 40,000 people in the city. Yeah, we've been here for the last 10 years, and it's mm. been great. You are the co-founder of Transistor FM, one of the premier podcast hosting platforms. How did you and John Bruda meet? Well, that's a good that's a good question. So if you go, you know, if you go down the stack, it kind of starts in 2008 when I started writing on my blog. I wrote this this uh, article that went pretty viral called This is a Web Page. And this guy in Portland named Chase Reeves saw it and he reached out to me and uh, asked if I could go on his podcast. And then a couple years later, I started, I, I had him on my podcast. That was probably 2012. And then shortly after that, he said, you know, we're having a, we seem to get along. Let's, uh, you should come to this festival I go to every year called XOXO in Portland, which was kind of like a, a digital, it was like digital art, digital, but also software people and internet mm. people and podcasting people. And so I went there in 2014 and Chase introduced me to John Buddha, I think mm-hmm. the first day. And John had built uh, the first version of Simplecast, another podcast hosting platform. And, uh, uh, they they really needed some advice and some feedback. And so I, I moved all of my shows over there. And uh, yeah, John and I have been friends ever since then. Since 2014, we just would hang out every year, either at a conference uh, or we would do a little retreat with some other folks mm-hmm. and uh, worked on a few projects together. And then in end of 2017, he told me he'd been building this new podcast hosting platform and he was just going to use it at his work. They were launching a new show. And I said, you know, John, this might be the time for us to try another project together and launch Transistor as an actual company and do it together. And so early 2018, we signed partnership agreements yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've been partners ever since <laughs> with no idea that it would, you know, whether it would work, whether, you know, this would just be a side project for us or what. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was like four years ago. Mm. Okay, full disclosure, the Derek Duvall Show is hosted on your platform and we have been incredibly pleased with how easy it is to navigate. How many shows are currently using Transistor FM right now? It's almost 20,000. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's up there. Let me look. I think we're 
were hovering right around, it was in the 18,000s last time I checked. So yeah, almost 19,000 right now. For the uninitiated, what is an RSS feed and how does it work? Yeah, so an RSS feed is a collection of, uh, it can be a collection of blog articles, it can be a collection of podcast episodes. And it's it's basically like if you look at an actual RSS like XML file, it just is a, a, a series of kind of enclosures within the file that say, here's a podcast episode, here's where the audio file is, here's the title, here are the show notes, here's the podcast artwork, here's all of the required tags and meta information for mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts and Google Pad- Podcasts and Spotify. And so every time on Transistor, you publish a new show or every time you um, change your you know, your artwork or anything like that, we update that RSS feed. And all of the individual apps, the listening apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts, they are always pinging that file for updates. And mm-hmm. so when they notice you have a new episode, they pull in all the information from that RSS feed and then they'll display it in their directory. Uh, but probably more important, uh, anybody in the world with any 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 sort of client, any sort of software that can read an RSS feed, or even not, you can just view view it in your browser. Uh, anybody can subscribe to it, and anytime you get a new episode, it, they'll get updated because uh, you know we update that that file, and all of a sudden they can see there's a new episode. Mm-hmm. So it's the what's unique about it is that it allows, uh, uh, instead of a centralized platform like YouTube, where YouTube control, you upload to one place and YouTube controls the hosting and everything. But in this case, nobody owns podcasting because you're in charge of your RSS feed and then you submit it to directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. But individuals on Apple and uh, Google Podcasts, et cetera, they are subscribing directly to your RSS feed. So Mm -hmm. even if the Apple podcast directory went away, you would still have a direct connection with your audience Mm. and decided to move to a different hosting platform. You just forward your old RSS feed to your new RSS feed and your audience automatically gets redirected. And so uh, it gives the creator a lot more optionality. Uh, unlike YouTube, if, if all of a sudden you wanted to move, you know, uh, forward all of your subscribers from YouTube to TikTok, you can't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you, there's no mechanism for that. So it's a very democratic way of publishing. And it is a little messier because you have to, you know, you have to submit your feed to different directories um, and people have to subscribe individually. But the net benefit, I think, outweighs all of the the downside, which mm-hmm. is that as a creator, you have that connection with your audience and no platform, not Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Amazon, none of these big mega corporations are going to dictate to you as a creator what you can or cannot do. Mm-hmm. So if you want to run your own ads on your podcast and read them on the air, you can do that. If you want to put in a link in your show notes uh, that links to your website, you can do that. Uh, the it, it is in, it, incredibly versatile. And um, in the long run, 
I think these kind of open uh, protocols like email, the web, and RSS are better for creators. Mm -hmm. And we're already seeing a movement back to things like email newsletters and podcasts and blog feeds because creators on platforms like YouTube are realizing they don't have uh, they don't have very much control. And uh, for example, there was a big movement back to email newsletters when uh, whenever platforms cut their ad share revenue, uh, so you know YouTube uh, uh, revised how it does its payouts for ad revenue. And a lot of creators were like, whoa, I just saw <laughs> like half my revenue evaporate overnight. And they're moving to more open platforms like RSS and email, things where nobody owns the protocol and um, the creator has a lot more control. You've attracted some marquee shows, including the Department of Veteran Affairs. How did that come about? Yeah, they just found us organically. Um, I, I'd say that most transistor sales kind of come from three buckets. One is uh, search, people searching with intent. Uh, so podcast hosting, how to start a podcast, uh, how do I start a private podcast, and um, U.S.-based podcast hosting, I think, is one way that the, the Department of Veteran Affairs found us. Uh, the other thing we do is we partner with uh, affiliates who uh, share a transistor with their audience. Mm -hmm. And then the third bucket is what I kind of loosely call brand. That's all the content we produce. That's John and I doing our own show. John and I just trying to be helpful on the internet um, and uh, word of mouth kind of recommendations. So yeah, I can't remember if, uh, I think the, the Department of Veteran Affairs was the first one. And then since then, we've gotten quite a bit of government work. Mm -hmm. uh, they've referred us to other folks, uh, not just the U.S. government, but you know, all around the world. I will say word of mouth is how I learned about Transistor FM. Like, like a friend told you about it? Yeah, from another podcast. Oh, that's great. I've had some listeners write in some questions, and I picked a few to ask. First one was, we mentioned COVID earlier. Have you seen an influx of people wanting to create podcasts during the pandemic? Yeah, during especially during the initial lockdown. So April, May, I think last year, I, my dates might be off, but uh, April, May of, sorry, 2020, we saw a big jump. Uh, that initial lockdown when much of the world was kind of like, uh, <laughs> it, it had this impromptu, like we're at home and now we're, uh, we don't know what to do. Uh, microphones were selling out on Amazon and interest in podcasting uh, went up quite a bit. Since then, I would say it's gone back down to kind of the same gradual growth we were seeing before, but definitely that that first, you know, those first two months in lockdown, we saw a, a bump there. Yeah. Mm. So that would have probably been March, April, May of 2020. 20. The next fan question comes in, and that is, what is it like to have a business in a similar marketplace like Spotify or Apple? Hmm. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> I would say there's we've met incredible people that work at Spotify and at Apple. Apple's actually gotten a lot better at uh, reaching out proactively and uh, connecting us with folks internally. Um, 
being way more open to feedback. So I think, you know, like there is, these are massive corporations, <laughs> like <laughs> their, their market cap is so much greater than transistors. And uh, there's, that does create a little bit of an imbalance, but uh, what holds kind of the balance power is that nobody owns podcasting, even though Spotify is taking up market share, they still, you know, maybe they have 50% of uh, new listeners, but there's still Apple with 30, 40% and then Google podcast and Amazon and Facebook and overcast and pocket casts. Mm -hmm. So the distribution helps quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I'd say there's been some times where it's been challenging. We do a lot of customer support for these big companies. So people have problems submitting their podcast to a specific directory and Apple doesn't have uh, customer support, but we do. We we have live chat right. that we answer. So we end up doing a lot of troubleshooting for bigger companies. Mm. Uh, I wish I could send them an invoice for that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, overall, I think it's it's been, you know, a fairly good partnership with them. I'm really cheering for Apple, actually, I, I, because of all the big companies, Google's done a pretty good job of this, too. Um, you know, they really are still staying true to the essence of podcasting. You know, they're reading RSS feeds. They are you know, uh, contributing to the kind of the, this podcast RSS spec. I, I'm cheering for them. I, I really hope that they can um, continuously improve and um, maybe even take back some of the ground that Spotify's had. Spotify has lots of advantages as well. They've brought in lots of new listeners and lots of new podcasters too, actually. Uh, they own Anchor. And I would say Anchor is like one of the single largest refers to Transistor. A lot of people start a free show on Anchor and then graduate to mm -hmm. Transistor when they want more stats or customer support or support for teams or the ability to do dynamic audio insertion. So uh, that's been awesome. There's there's a few things that haven't been great, but you know, overall, I'd say it's been it's been a pretty good partnership. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I guess it's a chance to refresh the drink, do what I'm doing right now. I'm popping a few unsorted Skittles into my mouth and listen to two friends of the show, and we'll be right back. That's Serena over there. And that's Naomi, and we are the hosts of Weird Mythic Podcast. Yes, we are. Our show, Weird Mythic, covers stories about cryptids, which is what brought us together to create the show. But we also like to talk about anything paranormal and strange that happens in the world. We post episodes every Sunday on different topics, and we would love to have more listeners. We're on all podcast platforms, and you can find us on all social media sites as well. Give us a listen, send us some personal stories to share on the show, and we will love you forever. Yes, we will. We would love some personal stories, some cryptid encounters, and we hope that you listen and tune into the show. You can listen to Weird Mythic Podcasts wherever you get your podcast fix. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? 
Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Monjardin Oquan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner. Welcome back to the Derek Duvall Show. Let's just get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with the co-creator of the premier podcast platform, Transistor FM, Justin Jackson. You mentioned stats, and that's another fan question. Do you get your stats IAB certified? Yeah, we are IAB compliant, so we follow all of their their guidelines. And uh, we haven't actually gone through the certification process yet, though. Um, there's a handful of us that still haven't done that and we might do it eventually. It's, it's quite expensive. Uh, I think it's $30,000 or, or something even higher. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're still not sure. So the IAB is, uh, what is it? The, the interactive advertising bureau. Okay. So they're, they're largely creating, you know, these guidelines around for internet advertisers. And we just don't do that business. Like we're not like a cast where, you know, a podcaster will go to them and say, Hey, I've got, you know, a million downloads per month and I want you to sell all my ads and you take 30%. And, you know, we don't, we don't have a managed ad program like that. Mm -hmm. And um, we're really focused on independent podcasters, uh, people doing it for their small business, people doing it for fun, people doing it as a hobby, people doing it as a branded podcast, uh, people doing it as a part of their personal brand. So um, we're, we're just not kind of in that game, but mm -hmm. I suppose eventually we might get certified, but we follow all of their guidelines. The guidelines are public. And uh, right now I think they're on version 2.1. And yes, we're, we're up to date on all that. Where do you host your servers at? So we have a, a variety of servers and a, a variety of CDNs uh, all around the world. Our our primary provider is AWS and Amazon. So we have kind of most of our servers in the U.S. But really, once you get to, especially our scale with 20,000 shows, um, we're using various CDNs and all sorts of uh, media servers and all sorts of ways of balancing the load and making sure that uh, that really that downloads are fast. Uh, the last time this was tested publicly, I think Transistor was 
the fastest uh, <laughs> or among the fastest. Um, so that's that's been really important to us to make sure that people's uh, downloads happen really fast for listeners and for people uploading that those happen fast as well when you're uploading your episode, you know, and publishing it. This next question comes from a fan out in Germany. If I'm looking to move hosting platforms, what makes you stick out more than your competitors? So people usually switch to us for a customer support. We have live chat and it's myself, John and Helen in the UK. And then Jason, our other developer, all four of us are in there answering questions all day. And then I go to sleep and then Helen, you know, wakes up in the UK and she's answering questions. We've really tried to uh, offer great customer support. Mm -hmm. And like I said, even solve problems that aren't ours. <laughs> uh, the second thing is you can host multiple podcasts on a single account. So our starter account allows you to have multiple independent podcasts with their own RSS feed, their own analytics. You can invite specific users only to that show if you want, uh, basic podcast website, uh, integrations like with Zapier. So all of that, and you can do that as many times as you'd like, host as many podcasts as you'd like uh, for one price. We have a lot of people who are on you know, Libsyn or Buzzsprout or other places that only you have to pay for every new show you create. And, uh, you know, if you have a show and maybe you, you want to archive it and keep it online, uh, it's nice to be able to do that without having to pay more money. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, podcast analytics is big for a lot of folks, especially people uh, upgrading from Anchor. And then we have private podcasts as well. And we do private podcasts, I think, better than anybody. Uh, you can... Uh, a private podcast subscriber can sign up via with their email. They get an onboarding email that says, hey, here's how to add a private podcast to your podcast player. And they can also receive new episodes via email, mm -hmm. uh, which is really unique. A lot of, uh, I don't think, I think we're the only ones that do that. So every time you publish a private podcast episode, they get an email in their inbox and then they can play it in a web browser and uh, all of that. They each get their own private RSS feed. So you can, uh, see who's been listening. Uh, a lot of people are using it for training programs and things. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is we are trying to make dynamic audio insertion uh, available to more people. So right now, uh, DAI, dynamic ad insertion or dynamic audio insertion, is generally quite expensive. You have to sign up for um, something like megaphone.fm. Uh, which is all, also owned by Spotify. Uh, and it's it's quite expensive. Like the minimums are hundreds of dollars per month. And uh, we want to make that available on our uh, $49 plan and up. And so it's in beta right now, but it's already being used. And you can dynamically insert pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll uh, announcements, uh, advertisements. You can do your own, manage your own ad programs. Um, and so that we're really excited about that. That that is uh, having that kind of technology, but at a starter price point, uh, it just hasn't been available before. So, a lot of people are switching to us for that as well. This last question, and it's an interesting and fun one. What is your opinion on podcasters going exclusive with different platforms? I'm always on the side of the creator. So, if you're a creator and 
you know, Amazon is offering you uh, a bunch of money to go exclusive and it's a good deal. And your lawyer looks over the contract and says it's a good deal. I can understand why people would do that. I think that seems fine to me. Uh, I think the sometimes what I see though is people going exclusive and they're not thinking it through, which is in the short term, you might uh, you know, make a chunk of money, but in the long term, it might actually be better for you to stay distributed and just get better at the monetization part. <laughs> and uh, I have, I think if you search uh, transistor make money <laughs> podcasting, uh, I have a whole article on this where I just say, you know, here's all the ways podcasters on transistor are making money right now. You can get listener support via Patreon or other membership. Um, and I've done this actually for my own personal podcast since 2013. Uh, I launched a membership community alongside my podcast. And that's done on average, I think, thirty dollars or $40,000 a year in revenue, mm. uh, just that thing. And um, the deals that some of these people are getting, sure, Joe Rogan's getting the $100 million deals, but a lot of <laughs> these exclusive deals are actually uh, for far less than that. And so you may be able to run your own monetization program and not have to sign an exclusive contract and stay uh, available on all the platforms. You can run your own your own ads, right? So mm -hmm. Amazon, uh, well, Joe Rogan is a good example. You know, Spotify is using uh, that show to sell more ads. And I've heard even that uh, they, if you come and you want to uh, sponsor the Joe Rogan show, you actually have to take it as a package deal and sponsor a bunch of podcasts on Spotify. Hmm. But there's no reason that you as an independent podcaster can't run your own ad program. And John and I did this at the beginning of Transistor when all when we had like hardly any revenue, we had our own little podcast that was about building Transistor and other software companies were willing to sponsor it. And there was a while where we were making more on the podcast sponsorship than we were from Transistor, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a ton of money at the time, but uh, I think probably in the, I don't know, $700, $900 range, something like that. Uh, so between Patreon supporters, which we've always had, and ads, I think there were months where we were bringing in, you know, $1,000 a month. And again, for a lot of indie podcasters, that might be a better deal than you'll get from Acast or Amazon or whoever. And in a lot of cases, they're only looking at the these giant, giant shows anyway. So even if you wanted to go exclusive on Amazon for uh, millions of dollars a year, uh, it's likely that um, you know the only time they're going to do that is if you have a show that's just driving millions of downloads. Mm -hmm. So for everybody else, the 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 you know the indie podcaster, I think managing your own monetization uh, program is better. Mm. So those were all the fan questions. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, those are great. Tell us about the podcast that you and your co-conspirator record. Yeah, so it's called Build Your SaaS, S-A-A-S. And uh, yeah, there's this whole category of software called Software as a Service. And that's like MailChimp, that's like Transistor, that's like 
Wix and Squarespace. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people building those kinds of companies now, especially a lot of independent people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at the beginning, we wanted to document our journey of building a business together. And so from right from our first, you know, we, I think, yeah, right after we'd signed our partnership docs, we, uh, we started recording these, these episodes together. And so now we have this really nice record of everything from, okay, like, here we are. We're like, we don't know if this is going to work. We don't know if anyone's going to sign up for this uh, to, wow, some people signed up to, wow, okay, this thing's growing, but it doesn't feel like it's growing fast enough to, oh my gosh, like now Justin can quit consulting full-time and just do Transistor. And then a few months later, John quits his job and now we're doing this full-time. And then, you know, up until now where we have uh, two employees as well. So yeah, it's it's been a really, every once in a while, I'll go back and listen to those old episodes because they really give you perspective. <laughs> you can't hide from the archive, you know? No. It's, it's just, it's all there. And, um, you know, uh, there you you see the, you know, all the trials, all the difficulty, the stress and the triumph. And yeah, it it was a really, really fun to do it that way because in the beginning, we didn't know how it would turn out. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, we didn't know if this was going to work or not. And uh, yeah, to look back on it is is really great. It's amusing that you say that. A few months ago, I had a very well-known actor come on my show and beforehand, we were emailing back and forth, and he said that he went back to the first few shows to listen and get familiar with the show, and my whole body cringed. I was like, oh, God, no. Um, thankfully, though, he enjoyed the show, loved the concept, and it ended up being a good interview. Yeah, everybody starts somewhere. If you look at uh, like MKBHD, uh, Marcus Brownlee, if you look at his old videos when he's a teenager in his bedroom, you know, they're, they're super amateur and... And they look nothing like, you know, the production level he has now. Everybody has to start somewhere. And it's far better to start and make progress, put in your repetitions, get better every time you publish, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, you accumulate over the years, you accumulate just uh, this compounding interest of publishing, publishing, getting better, publishing, improving, getting a new microphone. Then the cool part is that people can go back and look at, you know, your first episodes go, wow, look how far this has come. You know, it's, it's amazing. What does the future look like for Transistor FM? Oh, we're, we, this year, we were pretty gentle with ourselves through the pandemic. Like we didn't try to like push ourselves too hard. We were just taking care of ourselves, taking care of the business. But 2022, we are fired up. And the big project right now is to redo uh, podcast websites. So <laughs> from the beginning, we have had this basic built-in podcast website that you can even bring your custom domain to. And we even provide an SSL certificate for it and all that. But that initial template was never meant to last four years. <laughs> it was something that we you know, had in the initial release. And it's just been such a big project that we've we haven't been able to tackle it until this year and yeah we are going to completely revamp 
how podcast websites work. There's going to be multiple themes you can choose. Uh, we're going to be adding new features that people have been requesting forever. Um, and we are really excited about it. We're even actually thinking about doing, um, having a free option for people that just want to host a website on Transistor. Um, so that it'll be our first time doing anything in the the freemium range where you can just sign up without a credit card and try a transistor podcast website. Mm -hmm. But for our existing customers, it's going to be massive because the under the hood, we've done a, we are already doing a massive upgrade and that upgrade is going to give us so much flexibility for building really beautiful podcast websites for, uh, for transistor customers. One of the big questions I get when people ask me about switching to Transistor FM is the ability to post to Instagram stories. Is that something that's being discussed? Yeah, yeah. The, so the second piece of 2022 is going to be around podcast promotion, podcast marketing, podcast growth. And those are the kinds of things we're thinking about is how can we, for example, maybe we can create an automatic video audiogram, which is what gets posted to LinkedIn and Instagram and everything, and um, allow you to then publish that, um, or at least partner with someone that can help you do that. So yeah, those are the things that we're starting to look at now. Uh, and podcast websites is the first piece of it. And then the second piece will be, yeah, how can we help people promote their podcasts better? For example, when you upload, uh, you could say, you know what, this clip here, this is the promo clip. This is what, uh, if someone's just wondering if they should listen to the show, what's the teaser for that episode? And um, previously, you'd have to publish a, you know, like a podcast trailer episode uh, outside of the episode. But we can like allow you to say, you know, this is the trailer for this episode and then create all sorts of assets around that. So like here's a preview embedded audio player for Twitter that plays just the teaser or here's an audiogram video clip that you can add to Facebook. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna be working on that stuff second part of 2022. Awesome. As we begin to wind down this interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow yours and the platform's adventures on social media? Uh, on Twitter, we are Transistor FM. On Instagram, we're Transistor.FM. Uh, for me personally, I'm on Twitter. I'm most active there, and my Twitter handle is M. I, Justin, the letter M, the letter I, Justin. And uh, yeah, go check out Build Your SaaS. Um, it's the story of how John and I built Transistor. And if you are looking to start a podcast in 2022, go check out Transistor.fm. There's a two-week free trial. And you can also, uh, if you already have a podcast somewhere else, you can import it and try it out for two weeks. Um before you make your decision. So you can import all your episodes and uh, see how it feels. And then if you decide to make the switch, you just go to your old provider and forward your old RSS feed. And then you can start using Transistor from then on. I end my interviews with the same question. And it's my favorite. That question is, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you'd like to say to the people of Earth? Oh, uh, probably this quote I picked up from James Clear, which is, every action you take is a vote for the person you'll become. So on their own, mm. these individual actions um, might seem small, but every day you have the chance to wake up and take these little actions, which become these small votes for the kind of person you'll be. And when I was at my lowest, 
that uh, saying really helped me get out of bed and start putting things in place that eventually led to Transistor. That's a great quote. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, James Clear. He's he's great. Justin, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I know we had to overcome a few hurdles to make this happen, but this was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad we could make it happen. Thanks for having well, me on. Thank you so much. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 63. I want to thank Justin again for taking the time out of his incredibly busy schedule to speak with me. If this doesn't sway you to jump ship to Transistor FM, I got nothing for you. We have got some absolutely incredible interviews coming up in the next few weeks, so please stay tuned. Hit that subscribe button. Speaking of amazing episodes, we also have some fun brand new Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies coming out this week as well. Again, hit the subscribe button so you'll be aware of when those drop. Have you had the chance to check out our merch store over at TeePublic? If you've ever fancied yourself having a mug, magnet, or sticker without a logo on it, <laughs> why haven't you? I invite you to go to our website, DerekDevalsher.com, click on the merch tab on the left side of the screen, and access the link that will take you right to our store. So, on behalf of the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I say to each and every one of you, be safe, be well, and in these dark times, please get the vaccine. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duvall Show.